Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes, as we rummage through our collective memories of the square eye-inducing, waistline-expanding images and sounds that we like to call classic television. Remember, remember this month of November, whatever the reason you lot, if you leave your TV on overnight, the valves will get very hot. On today's programme, we'll be diving into the murky world of politics, one of those topics that you should never discuss in polite company, but we've decided to do it anyway. Happily, we'll not be focusing on party political broadcasts, nor will we be spending a lot of time considering the complete works of Andrew Marr or giving you an episode-by-episode episode breakdown of the late-lamented Daily Politics show. Well, we might, one day, if there's any demand for it. Instead, we're going to delve deeply into the more satirical end of that oh-so-serious subject and also investigate some of the more prestigious dramas that have attempted to lift the lid off the various seats of government around the world and expose the inner workings of the corridors of power. As ever, there is much to do, and so much that is bound to get missed out. So let's open up the polling station, wake up the pollsters, launch Fab Radio's very own TARDIS and head off into the unknown tomorrow. Yeah. Ah, Jed Bartlett, possibly the best president America never had. As created by Aaron Sorkin, who was also responsible for Sports Night, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, and the Farnsworth invention, and of course, the newsroom. The story of Josiah Jed Bartlett's not untroubled presidency was told across seven seasons and 156 episodes that aired between 1999 and 2006 and which ultimately led up to the beginning of the presidency of Matt Santos. And The West Wing is such a good drama, despite the perhaps unpromising notion that suggesting a primetime high-budget political drama might have once appeared to be. Starring Martin Sheen as President Jed Bartlett, who, famously, is all but absent from the first episode and has therefore yet to demonstrate what became known as the Bartlett Manoeuvre, an almost unique manner of putting on a suit jacket, the show introduced a fine cast of the sort of ensemble group of character actors who've all gone on to such amazing careers that you can't imagine anyone being able to afford them now. Rob Lowe as Sam Seaborn, who left after four seasons. Alison Janney as C.J. Craig, that Oscar winner. Stockard Channing as Abby Bartlett. There are just some great roles for women in this. Janelle Maloney as Donna Moss, whose character had a sort of on-off flirtation with Bradley Whitford's Josh Lyman, uh, which got some attention for the programme. Dulé Hull as Charlie Young, who was also seen later in Psych. Then, of course, there was John Spencer as Leo McGarry, who sadly died during production of the show, and uh, was also well-known to uh, viewers of American television for his role in L.A. Law. And uh, brilliant actors like Jimmy Smits and Alan Alder add some class to the later seasons as well. And then there's that moment where guest star Mark Harmon's character meets an end inspired by the fate of Joe Coffey in Hill Street Blues. 
Several of these actors also remain very active in politics to this day as the edges of reality and fiction start to blur and they've been known to be quite vocal critics of the government as if they had actually served real terms of office around the start of the century. That first episode of The West Wing, incidentally, seemed to teach the world the now very common term POTUS because it seemed that nobody seemed to have heard of it before then. Well, I say nobody, but you know what I mean. In the Bartlett White House, we find a kind, considerate servant of the people inhabiting the White House at the end of his very first year in office, surrounded by a team of dedicated employees who are obsessed with an idea of duty and public service. It's kind of an idealised view of the kind of government we hope to have, think we deserve to have, but ultimately perhaps not quite the government the world actually gives us. That said, the course of the Bartlett presidency does not run smooth. It wouldn't be a TV drama if it did, would it? And there are assassination attempts, murky little wars, kidnappings, illnesses, secrets, losses, and the kind of wheelings, dealings, and personal betrayals that can ultimately compromise even the best of us, despite our good intentions. But over those seven seasons, The West Wing did provide us with one of the greatest TV drama series American TV has ever produced, and one which remains well-regarded nearly a decade and a half after it finished. Or maybe people still believe it really happened, and that what we're looking at in the real world is some kind of dystopian nightmare. For me, a key episode among so many that sometimes seem specifically intended to teach the public a little of how their government actually works, or inevitably fails to work, is the second season finale Two Cathedrals, which deals with the aftermath of the death of Mrs Landingham, the President's much-loved executive secretary as played by Catherine Jusselin, because it deals in such an eloquent way with philosophy and loss, but it's hard to pick a best episode when so many of them are that good. Personally, I also love Inex Chelsea's Deo, the 10th episode of Series 1, a Christmas episode that can still find me having something in my eye, but also shows how strong and confident the show was right from the off. In the end, of course, it's the human element that made The West Wing so good, but also what led to its inevitable decline. Cast departures, production team changes, and all of the usual behind-the-scenes shenanigans take their inevitable toll in series television but the benchmark was set so high in those first few seasons that it's difficult to be that critical. Although, even the West Wing, on a bad day, is head and shoulders above a lot of television. There's a kind of nobility to the world of the West Wing, a world in which there is hope, optimism, and a sense of people working together for the greater good. Would that we had it so good. Meanwhile, back on the hustings in Manchesterford, Sandy's back. Hello, Sandy. Hello, Martin. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening indeed? Well, as we may have... Uh, we're recording a few weeks in advance here. So uh, we're kind of... Um, we're three or four weeks ahead of the game. So uh, in the intervening time, there will have been an election in one of the bigger countries of the world, one of the more self-important countries of the world, <laughs> one of the places that certainly thinks that their, their election matters. And, um, yeah, uh, what do we think the world's done to itself over this past few weeks, months, or even years? I don't know. But before, before we get into the politics, the political television, I ought to point out that the listener, we have a listener, we have one. Woohoo! And uh, they sent us a message, which goes, at least a 12 out of 10. What a well-structured piece of golden TV homage. Or is it homage? Homage. Homage. Really enjoyed it. Had a good variation of content, pace, and it was interesting. Which, as we know, audiences crave. A nice cracker to start with. Looking forward to the next one. So that's nice. Very nice indeed. Also says, give your ears a treat. I may, I may have to use this as our advert. <laughs> <laughs> give your ears a treat. Settle back into your beanbag whilst watching your 1970s bubble TV set and relive those warm, treacly moments of television's <laughs> yesteryear. 
<laughs> Martin, that's presumably me. I mean, you're there yeah. too, son. At least I don't. Uh, Martin <laughs> transports you back to a world where the only choices you had to make were BBC or ITV. Oh, happy days. I think, I think we've got a happy listener. We actually did something right. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Well, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, political television, Sunday. Yes, indeed. Um, have you got any uh, any favourites? I mean, my, one of my favourites is Yes Minister. I know you want to oh, start with Yes Minister. Yeah, Yes Minister is a fine place to start, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you know anything much about it? Uh, I used to watch it when it was on. Mm-hmm. Is it originally a radio series? Uh, I don't think from? so. I think it's TV yeah. version. Think T- TV version, version comes. First. It starts in 1980, which is slightly after L. Thatcheroid came into our lives. Yes. Uh, and you get, there's only 21 of them uh, over three years. God. And you get, then, then there's a Christmas special in 1984. And then you yeah. get <laughs> Dear Jim Hacker, through yes. fair means or foul or whatever, ends up being the prime minister, the best prime minister <laughs> we never had. <laughs> So he moves from the Department of Administrative Affairs. And um, so uh, you, what have you got? You've got Paul Eddington yes. as Jim Hacker, the MP and future PM, yeah. which is all – I don't know how they messed that around. You know. <laughs> uh, Nigel Hawthorne as Sir Humphrey Appleby. In a, who, who was, he was the star of the show, oh, really, yes. Sir Humphrey, wasn't career, he? Career-making role. Probably, probably at that stage a theatre actor more than anything, you'd have thought. Yes, yeah. indeed. And Derek Folds as uh, Mr. Derek. Mr. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, say, Mr. Derek. <laughs> I am afraid you, you just stuck, you're just stuck with Mr. Derek and Mr. Roy, aren't you? Forever. But da- David Nixon was Mr. He was never Mr. David, was he? No, oh, well, he was probably probably insisted on not being <laughs> <laughs> David Nixon. There are also uh, lots of lovely sort of side characters, like uh, John Nettleton as Sir Arnold Robinson. Do you remember him? The, yes. The guy that Humphrey used to go and see. <laughs> John Nettleton's one of those, those actors. Yeah. You know, really, Did, really enjoyed. I have, I have a few. I was, I was looking at the cast list for uh, The New Statesman, which mm. we may come to oh, at yes. some point, and I believe he appeared in that as well. Uh, so what were the... Were the people who made kind of careers out of being... Uh... I think it's typecasting, isn't it? You've got people who just look like that kind of pompous uh, yeah. official somebody or other. And we, we, have, we have the the wonderful Peter White who now fills that role, if you want to kind of... Somebody, somebody large to sit behind a desk. Somebody P- contemporary. Pete, Pete, Peter White is your man. Oh, excellent. Oh, there, it's, it's interesting. There seems to be one in a generation, doesn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Call up central casting. Yes. <laughs> And of course, uh, yes, Prime Minister, the follow-up, which was 1986 to 1988, only had 16. There were only two seasons, which ah. it seems like more. Yes. Some, some, of the, uh, some of the stuff they, they did was just uh, so, you know, the, the Euro sausage. I mean, they've, they've, they've actually, <laughs> I think they've actually shaped policy over the years. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> this, again, I, what I think about political television generally is, is it gives people an insight. I mean, I said this about the West Wing as well. It gives people an insight into how their government actually works yes. that they may not really know or actually in many ways doesn't work. Yes. You know, the, the mm. reasons why you'd think this should be simple. And for some reason, they managed to make it really, really, <laughs> really, really complicated all the time. And so things that you think, well, you should go through on the knot. I mean, let's face it, if you were a farmer this very week that we're recording, <laughs> um, you might be thinking, why have they voted that down? Why? How have they actually managed to do that? Why have yes. they done that? Despite everybody telling them they shouldn't be doing that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of astounding, I think, that... Maybe these programs, because we don't, I mean, I, I, the ones they make now don't seem to do quite the same thing. You don't get, maybe we're not got that kind of audience anymore. 
or maybe people everybody now knows. I mean, one of the things I was saying about the West Wing was the first episode of the West Wing, which I know you, you said you never saw the I've West Wing. I've never seen the West Wing, no. Uh, actually, it uses one of the characters. It's kind of not, not arrested as such, but, you know, gets into a, a pickle. A pickle. Yes. And... Um, and and just happens to mention that he works for POTUS, and nobody knows what POTUS is. And now, of course, <laughs> since the West Wing, everybody knows what POTUS is. <laughs> we might not like him, unless, of course, we do. You know, we still don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you, you might think he's the best thing since sliced cheese. I don't know. But um, POTUS was, was what, well, not one of those expressions that was very widely being used at the time. Anyway, so we get these whole parliamentary committees and subcommittees and, and all this kind of thing. And uh, quite a lot of what we've learned about politics and how it works and how the civil service is structured and how it came from Yes Minister. The only, yes. the only downside I have, the only real downside I have for, for Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister is that Thatcher, like Mrs. Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't, shouldn't <laughs> just call people by their surnames. Mrs. Thatcher. Uh, was a big fan, and therefore, and therefore, therefore, the whole thing is ruined. The whole thing is <laughs> utterly, utterly ruined. But there we go. If she likes it, then it, it can't possibly be good, can it? Well, you like to think so. <laughs> did you uh, did you follow the remake, the revival at all? No, I've I've got I've got no memory of that at all. Uh, I think it was on Sky. It was uh, they made six episodes with David Haig and Henry Goodman and Chris Larkin, uh, tw- right. two thousand and thirteen. There was just a, a reimagining or a remake. Yeah. Strange enough, we've been mm. talking about reimaginings. Um, of course, the other thing is classic theme tune, which we're <laughs> not going to play. But um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not how I remember it. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, no. ma- the mind does funny things. The to mind you. does indeed do funny things. Yes. Gerald yeah, the, Scarf did the the, uh, the drawings. The drawings. Yeah. yeah big fan of Gerald Scarf as an old cartoonist you know yeah. it's uh, but uh, again quite iconic I did one for two friends of mine I did I did them a couple of in the style of not as good obviously no. but mm-hmm. uh, but Gerald Scarf uh, funnily enough one of those um, cartoonists that people even you know when I was at college which was a long time ago <laughs> uh, you know was, were trying to mimic and yeah fabulous so uh, have you got any other programmes that you, you'd like to think about? Uh, Talk about? House of Cards. House of Cards. Which one? The original. The original and best. And best. And obviously doesn't have an actor in it you can't talk about anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... When the Netflix one with the actor who, the actor formerly known as Kevin Spacey, <laughs> or the, or the former name, actor, who we, we can never mention his name. Yes, go on. When they made that and it, it came out, uh, I went back to the original mm. and did a bit of a contrast and compare. Mm. And the the original BBC series mm. is so sharp, mm. so witty, and so clean. Well, well, uh, well, you may think that, but I couldn't possibly <laughs> come. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't resist, I could. It uh, has to be done. 1990, you know, the original was made. Yes, 1990. indeed. And obviously, I mean, there were the two further series to mm. play the king in the final mm. cut that, mm. kind of, that formed the trilogy. But mm. uh, Ian Richard is just fantastic. Yeah. Again, it's not one of those career making performances, isn't it? Because, I mean, I don't really think he'd had a particularly high profile on television no. at that stage. Mm-hmm. Again, great stage actor. Francis Urquhart, crikey, what a yes. what, what amazes me about that, the fact that there's only four episodes. I know they made yes. two more mm-hmm. four-part series, yeah. but there's only four episodes, and it was instantly in the language, in the zeitgeist. Yes. It, was, mm-hmm. it was one of those programmes that immediately 
just was everywhere. You know, like you say, the the comments, and it's like again this sort of devious. Uh, he was a chief whip, wasn't he? Yes, in, he was in the a first whip, indeed. Yeah, and the devious machinations of this this murderer. Yes. <laughs> now, was he a murderer? Yes, he was a murderer. Yes. And he was a murderer. In fact, he does another one, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't want to spoil the show for yeah. you, but, uh, yeah. But M- then, murder and intrigue in the corridors of power. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you can understand why Netflix would be attracted mm. when they were looking for something to make. You know, mm. they, they apparently did a lot of kind of surveying of uh, viewers and mm. doing public opinions, and they came up with uh, people like political... Dramas, political mm. dramas, a bit of intrigue, and they like things with Kevin Spacey, mm. and they, you know, they 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 stuck the two together, mm. and it was, it was just slow, mm. it had no pace. Mm. Well, there's, there's, it was, there's seventy-three like, episodes of of House yes, of Cards USA, which is just yeah, over six uh, seasons, and again, it's it's a different kind of storytelling, isn't it? Really, it's, it's you've, you've got you've got that. So, it's, it's a book adaptation, isn't it? It, yes, is, it, is, it is a book. Yeah. So you've got this four-part adaptation of a sharp, satirical novel. Yes. And two more sharp, satirical novels. So, so even if you're being kind, you say they had 12 episodes altogether yeah. to tell the mm-hmm. story, and that was over, what, five years? Yes. And, uh, and so it can cut together as one ongoing story arc. So that's about half a season of American, uh, yes. that, that sort of American drama. And uh, maybe actually no American season because seventy three divided by six, you know, it's <laughs> it's about ten. Actually, maybe it's not as many in 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 the US series. But um, yeah, it's a different pace of storytelling. It was interesting because when I was talking about the West Wing, one of the things about it that gets me is that I think it was a difficult sell at first because yes. it was do Americans want to watch political dramas? And now, of course. In many ways, there's nothing else. <laughs> Everything is a political drama, you know. You look at, um, are you old enough to remember the Christmas of Washington behind closed doors? Or did you, no. or would you have been, or maybe you just weren't interested in that sort of thing. It was it was kind of after all the president's men had been on television. There's right. uh, Jason Robards, I think, plays, right, okay. is in, is in it's about, I think it's a mini-series that was made yeah. in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. Again, telling the story of Nixon's White House. Very, very strange. But but that was a big piece of event television. And that's yeah. uh, and to be honest, when I was trying to think about it, I couldn't think of another American series until the West Wing. No. That actually, I'm sure there were, but I couldn't think of one that, and, until I mean, because yeah. you, you had you had sort of I think you had series that were sort of set around politics, but they weren't actually in the yes. corridors of power. Mm-hmm. And the West Wing just comes along and. It's astonishingly good. Yeah. I've, I've raved about it right at the top of the show, but it's right. it's absolutely an astonishing series of incredibly high quality. Even I mean, Aaron Sorkin, as you know, is is always a. Um, I, I think he's always he's a guarantee of quality. I don't know if you yeah. Heard. There's there's, there's certain people like that who mm. you think you know he's directed mm. it, he's in it. Mm. You know, it's kind of. Uh, you're going to go there and go, mm. this is... But, uh, but this also is the good. other thing about, about uh, Sorkin is, of course, that he didn't stay to the end for whatever reason, mm. <laughs> uh, which happens quite a lot in these, these long-lasting series. The original yeah. people who made something... So it happened on Hill Street. The original team that made it successful sort of disappear about year four. Yes. And then other people come in to make it, and it's never, never quite the same. It's no. not necessarily... It doesn't necessarily get worse. It's just... The emphasis changes slightly, you know. It's it's it's, it's a peculiar one like that. Yeah, I mean, the, American, the Americans seem quite into these seven series of mm. of something, and 
as you say, 140 episodes, you're talking long seasons. Mm. So it's natural they progress mm. and change, mm. but they never seem to change for the for the better, do I they? I think it's, it's to do with contracts, isn't it, as much as anything? Contracts seem to be for seven years. They tend yeah. to be seven-year contracts. And, I, and you get some actors who, uh, who, who've who suddenly realised that they did a, a pilot for something or a, yeah. and, and it got picked up and, and they were overjoyed for about a year and then they realised they couldn't do anything else for the next six <laughs> years. And yeah. suddenly, I mean, uh, Rob Lowe vanishes from the West Wing after four years. Pay negotiations, apparently, if you, if you read round it. Yeah. But... You just find that these key actors. I mean, the one I always think of. Uh, I know we're not talking about. Uh, Mash. I'd like to talk about Mash one week actually, but uh, Mash is one of my favourite shows. And I always think. I mean, people used to say that if the guy who played Frank Burns, uh, Larry Limville, had stayed, or even if uh, McLean Stevenson had stayed after the three years, yeah. uh, Frank Frank Burns left after five. If they'd stayed for the run, they could have all retired <laughs> because the ne- the renegotiations that go on year on year yeah. make mm-hmm. it better. I mean, Jamie Farr was a day player when he started and he yeah. becomes a major mm-hmm. cast member towards the end of it. You know, Again, I know we're sidelining <laughs> into MASH, but, but the the thing about it is is I always think there are the I, – I, is this – again, maybe it's about the machination, maybe it's getting back to Francis Urquhart, but you think sometimes that the actor thinks that they're – what people are tuning in for and it's yes. not it's the show it's the character it's the performance but they think it's them yeah. and so they say oh i i want to go off and make my own shows but nobody watches <laughs> because what they want they want more henry blake they want more frank burns they don't want someone yeah. who played frank burns being i don't know a solicitor or something you know no. they want they want yeah. them in that sort of ensemble and it's and it's kind of weird i think shows that sometimes actors feel that they they should not that they're bigger that's that's not fair that that that's implies any uh, we have to be vaguely it is good to be an actor at all but <laughs> but you know it's not that it's just that they think oh i'm popular and because yes. i'm popular people will come with me and, so, yes. and quite often it's amazing how often it doesn't happen you know no. i mean there was i mean mclean stevenson specifically but also wayne rogers left mash after three years and yeah. and, and whilst wayne rogers was I think his career stayed fairly buoyant. Mm-hmm. Even so, it's kind of like I don't think he ever did anything that was quite no. that, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, these are the kinds of people who turn up in shows like the Alan Alder is in The West Wing, and yes. and towards the end of it, and I like Alan Alder in anything. I could watch yeah. Alan Alder all day, no matter you know if he was reading the phone book. Yeah, he was, you, you always think he's Hawkeye, don't you? Yeah, but <laughs> he always is Hawkeye, you yeah. know. But he does a few on ER. You know, he's he's great. He's just I just I, like, I mean I, I mean if you, I don't know. He's, he's in his eighties, and uh, he, but he's, I think on his birthday every year he does a handstand and videos it and yeah. it's just to, just to prove <laughs> still got it, mate. Still got yeah. it, and uh, and and quite right too. Yeah. But uh, so getting back to House of Cards because I've, I've sound, no, sidetracked wait, 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 you wait, mercilessly. All right, yeah. So uh, have you got anything? Because uh, uh, Susanna Harker, of course, is, yes. Uh, uh, again, uh, only in the first series for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I, I, I think I think it gave people an insight into 
maybe people in the corridors of power are a bit more self I genuinely believe up until that point people still thought that politicians were noble creatures who wanted to do good (laughs) and went into this because they wanted to to better the world somehow. And I'm sure there are people who go into politics for precisely that reason. But you start to wonder and you start to wonder where we are now and you start to see is is this where these these maybe the distrust that we have of politicians maybe it started with shows like this. Yeah but I mean also in the the political vein then Mm -hmm. this is might be a good time to talk about the new statesman the new because statesman. that was very much uh, of that era it's late late 80s mm-hmm. 88 okay. the first series so I it think. kind of drops just after yes prime minister is finished so as as it yes, becomes prime... the next phase if you yes. like yes yeah. And probably is more or less concurrent with Spitting Image, which was doing wonderful things for politics <laughs> in this country. Yeah, if you were on Spitting Image, then you were obviously doing well as a politician. <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> anyway, yes, sorry. But yeah, so the new Rick Mail. New Rick Mail. Mm-hmm. Part that was, Michael Troughton as well, I believe. Yes, mm-hmm. part that was specifically written for Rick, Rick Mail. Mail. Okay. Good Manchester student. Yes, yeah. indeed. We like, we like Rick Mail. Indeed. So it was kind of raising raising the kind of the, the yes minister, yes prime minister to a new a new level to meet the kind of the Thatcherite Well, yes. I think it's just it's time. actually I mean I, when you think about it, well, Thatcher I keep I keep giving her dates as not her life dates but her, her seventy nine. Seventy nine to ninety one, was it? Yeah, somewhere about. about just about, yeah. So basically the eighties. Yes, and she seems mm. to have shaped pretty much all comedy, every yeah. or everything <laughs> in comedy apart from maybe Terry and June seem to be a kind of reaction against mm. this. I mean, the whole new new wave comedy and everything like that. You know, I suppose we could say th- no. I don't like saying thank you. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't say thank you because uh, right uh, the other um, the other thing about the uh, new statesman is it it was it was ITV, you know, yes, mm-hmm. and, and so an, a political sitcom on ITV. I mean, do, some people think it's a bit. Broad. If you if you're used to that, I mean, you could argue that uh, yes, minister, yes, prime minister are quite cosy and quite clever and quite yes. arch and mm-hmm. quite literate. And then um, yeah. dear old Alan Bastard comes along and, and yes. Piers, bless him, <laughs> <laughs> comes along, and it's all terribly arch and terribly in your face, and then yeah. and has no shame. But I think again, the the eighties. Culture, the eighties, the um, what was it? That film, Yuppie, the uh, Wall Street, the, the Wall Yuppie, Street, yeah. yeah, the, the Yuppie culture, and, and do do to them before they do it to you, kind of attitude. I, I, it was it in person, really, wasn't yes. it? Astonishing performance, really. And uh, yeah, they did. They did a kind of there's a couple of BBC ones as well, mm-hmm. I believe, which okay. I've got no memory of whatsoever. But what well, of 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 uh, Alan. Yes. Oh, he, 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 he crossed the floor. He shamelessly crossed the floor. Blimey. <laughs> and uh, I think at the end was responsible for the creation of new labour or something. Ah, like yeah, crikey. Well, uh, somebody had to be, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> might, as well be, might as well blame Alan Bastard for everything that's happened since, really. Yeah. Oh, dear me. I tell you, I t- one, one that sort of popped up when I was doing my... Research, say research. <laughs> when I was looking it up on the internet and going, oh yeah, there's a thing. Um, Blackadder the Third, Dish and Dishonesty, the opening episode of the, uh, oh, right. which was the one about politics. I don't know if you remember that one at all. No, no. The Dunny on the Wold by election. No? When Vincent Hanna turns up as as, as a common <laughs> political commentator, Rowan Atkinson, Hugh Laurie. 
Tony Robinson and Dennis Lil is in there. Right. I don't know if you're a fan of Dennis Lil. He's one of one of our favourite actors. I feel I should have a bell for for favourite <laughs> actors, and Dennis Lil would be one of them. It's like um, right. dear old Cyril Shapps. Yeah, Cyril Shapps turns up. There should be a bell rings. It, it, uh, there are there are these character actors who are everywhere yep. and are in everything. But uh, yes, yeah, so Dennis Lil Bell. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's uh, – Baldrick gets to be the candidate and it's all to do with yeah. rotten boroughs and things. Right. And, again, we learn a lot about how um, – not Edwardian, Georgian, Georgian. Georgian yeah. politics worked in those right. days. And how, again, maybe how we ended up in, in, the, uh, <laughs> in the state we ended up in. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Right. So Westwick, well, we, we touched on the West Wing very briefly. Well, I, I, and you, I, you obviously I did a bit uh, of spiel at the top of the show. Yes. A, you know, a mm-hmm. massive fan of it. So, as as someone who has never watched it, do you mm. want to give me the uh, the, the sell on it? Well, well, yes. You should listen to the program, Sandy. But I will basically tell you, it is in the end. It's um, it's about what goes on in the West Wing. I mean, that's kind of in the title. You've got this this group of characters, incredibly great character actors, who are all actually there in this idealised vision of what you hope the West Wing, what you hope the presidency, what you hope the people who are circulating around the presidency. You'd like to think they're all there for the greater good of the nation. Now, whether or not you choose to believe that that's a pure fantasy. I think there are genuinely people out there who believe the Bartlett presidency is Jeb Bartlett, actually uh, Josiah Bartlett, played by Martin Sheen. I I think there are people out there who believe it actually happened. (laughs) And something... They never understand why Jimmy Smits' presidency, which is alluded to in in the last season, why that never happened. But what you get is basically a... I mean, the show starts one year into his uh, presidency, so you don't get the campaigning and everything like that. But, of course, what happens in American politics is you get two terms and no more, please, (laughs) God. (laughs) You get two terms, unless, unless, of course, you're in the war and you get a third term. So if you start a war, obviously you get a third term, but that's not a hint, (laughs) just in case. Yeah, he's going to listen to this, isn't he? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, just... at, least, at least if he was listening to this, he wouldn't be causing... Well, I told, you, I told you we had one listener. Yeah, I told you we had one listener. I'd, I'd be quite worried if that was the one listener. Nevertheless, we are international. <laughs> but anyway, no. Um, where was I? No, you, you, you get this two-term system, sometimes a third, but I say extraordinary circumstances for it's a two-term system. So what happens in any American presidency is in the first year, you get a lot done. In the second year, you get some done. And then after that, you're campaigning for re-election. And then in the second term, you're never going to be re-elected. So you don't get anything done. And they basically say in most eight-year presidencies, most of the work gets done in the first year, which we've missed in the West. (laughs) So what you get for the rest of the run, because the the seven years of the series is basically the seven years of the, the rest of the Bartlett. Presidency. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a very clever setup, really, because had the show not been successful, you'd have had that one year. Had it lasted three seasons, it would have been first term. You could have basically ended it with him not getting reelected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. End, end of end of show. But because they did the second term, you actually see the frustrations of the political life sort of being played out 
in in a in a weekly drama with yeah. with characters that you like and you've already got to, to to know and love. Of course, I mean the the problem with the the Bartlett presidency is that it's a television presidency, and so actually, I imagine that in real life, television uh, politics is a bit dull. You know, I mean all those. I mean because it, it, it isn't. But it, but I mean, the people who say, "Oh, I never watched this," or, I, never, "I never, I don't, I don't, I have no interest in politics," obviously find all of politics mm. dull. Mm. And so, people who are dramatizing politics are trying to make it entertaining. So, yeah. unfortunately, in the seven years of the Bartlett presidency, you do get an assassination attempt. You do get uh, a reason why he has to be uh, impeached and taken uh, away, but he gets it back, and all this kind of thing. Yeah. You get you, his daughter is kidnapped. There are there are deaths. There are you know. There are yeah. all sorts of things that are, go on in series television. It's a bit like daytime soap in that sense, but it's yeah. a very well-made daytime soap, and I urge you to watch it. It's also right. brilliantly acted, brilliantly acted. And if you watch no others, you watch no other episodes at all, the In Excelsis Deo, episode yeah. 10, series 1, Christmas right. episode, so yeah. we may watch it for our Christmas <laughs> show. <laughs> We may watch it for a Christmas one because it's it, it's a good watch and you know it, it's one of those something in your eye Christmas episodes which I always yeah. uh, I always find exciting and the other and the other ones to watch for me I mean again apart from saying watch it all the final two episodes of series two uh, are just brilliant a tragedy happens and you know people start to question the whole thing but but again in terms of it being about politics and about the political system it's, it also it also invented the walk and talk. I know you, yeah. you know the walk and talk oh, where, yeah. where you've got the tracking camera and they're, they're pulling backwards and everybody's yeah. walking along. And, and telling telling plot through the walk and talk is a very big West Wing trope. Yeah. And I genuinely think that was possibly the first. I mean, everyone uses it now like everything yeah. else. But I think it, it was it was part of the West Wing deal. Wonderful show. Moving on. Thick of it. Oh, Vision on sound, idiocy alert. Somehow, during the following conversation on the thick of it, Sandy and I both failed to mention the sublime genius that is Peter Capaldi in his performance as Malcolm Tucker. We do mention Malcolm Tucker, but we failed to mention Peter Capaldi, for which we can only apologise. Anyway, let me present to you more of our rank idiocy. Thank you very much for your patience. What do you think of the thick of it? We well, might have to bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the next the next ten minutes of the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. Oh, I mean, it's, it's creative swearing. It's, isn't it? Yeah, it's really. It's, Didn't they have a swearing consultant? I believe they had a swearing consultant. I actually, I'm, I'm sure I read that somewhere. They had somebody who who would get the scripts and then would add specifically brilliant swearing, um, and it is astonishingly constructed. I know, I know, your mother would be appalled by the language. My mother yes. would have been appalled by the language. But um, actually, when you listen to it, it's brilliantly constructed swearing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, not, it's not lazy swearing. It's poetry. Yes. It's poetry it in really profanity. It really is. Ian Martin, born 1953, the English comedy writer, was indeed famously hired as the swearing consultant in 2005 by... Armando Iannucci for series one of The Thick of It and went on to join the actual writing team for the programme. And, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that Malcolm Tucker has entered our 
collective consciousness mm. from a four it, TV series, four yes. series was it, something like that? Uh, well, yes, Armando Iannucci uh, sort of created this as a kind of 2000s equivalent of Yes Minister. It was about yeah. the corridors of power, but as they are now, and it's dealing in many ways with the same people. You've got the minister, you've got the spin doctors, you've got the advisors, you know, but it's 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 opened out into a far vaster and more terrifying <laughs> um, web of intrigue. Uh, DOSAC, DOSAC, the Department of Social Affairs and Citizenship, which we are in many ways grateful never existed, although we suspect maybe it does it's now. <laughs> <laughs> you know. um, there were only 23 episodes, actually, yeah. of the thick of it. There yeah. were two three-part series right at the beginning in 2005, both of which featured another actor we're not allowed to talk about <laughs> these days, unfortunately. And yet, it's funny, actually, because you, you actually talk about the uh, opening episodes and you kind of think you won't be able to find them anywhere, but no, they, they, they're part of the bundle now. They don't, yeah. they don't cut mm-hmm. them, so I don't know, maybe that's rehabilitation, I don't know what that's all about, but um, nevertheless. And then you basically got these two specials, The Rise of the Nutters, and I can't remember what the other yeah. one's called, but the two specials that were in 2007, which, which introduced the opposition and brought yeah. in people like Peter Mannion and uh, Roger Allen. Oh, another, another, no, yeah, another bell for Roger yeah. Allen, I think. <laughs> and then they basically they made two longish series. It all shifted from BBC Four to BBC Two and yeah. became brilliantly mainstream for eight and seven episodes in 2009 and 2012. So, so that's basically yeah. the setup, the background to it. But yeah. what a great show, you know. Yes. The thing that fascinates me is Tim Bentink turns up. You know Tim Bentink? Tim Bentink, no. Nope. Uh, David Archer in The Archers since, right, yeah. since he was born, as far as I can tell. <laughs> but uh, he's, quite, he's quite, quite posh, you know. Yes. I think he's, right. he's honourable or something or yeah. something. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But he is in the very first episode as the, as the outgoing minister that Abbott is replacing. Yeah. And it's literally a cough and a spit, and you think, oh, that's... But he comes back in later. He starts to feature again more, you know. But but yeah. but you start to think you've watched that. He was in it, right? He's <laughs> virtually the first person you see in it. You know, David Blooming Archer, who uh, are Medirio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great cast again. Uh, Rebecca Front comes in to replace uh, Hugh Abbott uh, as Nicola Murray, and then you've got Joanna Scanlon, who is in, in uh, as the, the the secretary. Well, not secretary. Why is she? She's the Director of Communications, no less. And again, one of the advisors, isn't she? Oh, spad, spad, I keep thinking he's parliament. You see, they don't mean secretary when, when they talk about secretaries in, in politics. No, they don't mean no. they don't mean typing pool. So it's, no. it's not it's not being dismissive. They don't yeah. mean that at all. They no. mean somebody who's actually got a really important job. The minister. Mm. And uh, and you've got uh, James Smith as Glenn Cullen. The long-suffering <laughs> Glenn Cullen and Chris Addison as Ollie Reader. Again, just great cast. Absolutely yep. great cast. My favourite Roger Allen line, I'm bored of this, I'm going for a Twix. <laughs> I suspect half our, read, our listeners might have just... Well, I'm bored of this, I'm going for a Twix. No, I love that line. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it's... Yeah. And, again, one of those... I think changed real politics because all the moments that happened because they are such massive clangers yeah. or or whatever uh, <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever malcolm might refer to them <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 i'm desperately trying to avoid calling it the c-word dropping <laughs> drop yes dropping the ball or, or um 
effing the F. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm trying to avoid all that. But, um, yeah, the amount of moments now where all the memes you see these days are when when politicians stand in front of signs that they shouldn't stand in front of, <laughs> were all there in the thick of it. They were yeah. all there to be seen, and you should know better by now. <laughs> but of course, the, all the self-serving, backstabbing nonsense that these people are still doing in the real world. I think they learned from things. Maybe they they what? Maybe they thought it was a training video, instructional. This, yeah. is, this is what you do. This is how you you actually run a country into the ground. <laughs> this is how you do it. You watch. Watch the thing. Oh, oh, you can see them all making notes in the, in, when the, in, and putting the, slipping it into their little red boxes. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. Right, yeah, and of course, of course, because of the astonishingly brilliant thick of it, because some people don't like it, you know. Some people really don't like it. And I, I don't know whether they don't like the swearing or whether they just don't like the characters. but yeah. Or maybe it was just a bit too BBC4 for people. I don't, I don't yeah. know. People can be very peculiar about mm. But if it's not if it's not EastEnders, they're not watching it. No. You know? mm. um, but um, because of that, dear old Armando flies, flies away yes. to make Veep. Well, there's, there's In the Loop. In, well, in the loop is—is is, is, was that made film. in was that made in America? Is that, is that a Hollywood film or is that a British film disguised as a Hollywood film? No idea. Because <laughs> uh, it's interesting because it's more or less the same cast, but some of them are, are playing their doppelgangers. Yeah. So you get Chris Addison playing a different role. You yeah. Know? You get Glenn Cullen mm-hmm. playing a sorry not Glenn Cullen, uh, Jim Smith not Jim Smith yeah. James Smith yeah. mm-hmm. playing a different role in it. Yeah. But they are in it, but they're not who they were. No. But then they are again back on title. Yeah, timey whiny. The, the world of television. Yes. Well, it's again yes. the world of television and the world of film. And then again, it's funny because we started off a couple of weeks ago talking about remakes and reimaginings. In, yeah. in the loop is, of course, one of them. Yeah. I, what I'm, I'm thinking with this show, Sandy, I know, I know we're, we're making people terribly impatient because I'm sure they say, "Oh, you're hardly going into anything in any depth." I'm light. I'm hoping mm. if we hang around a bit. We might start delving a little bit deeper, but of course, yeah. when you're in, when you're when you're at the beginning of the journey, you have mm. to sort of get a bit of context and, yep. and try and put things together. So, uh, in the loop, what do you think of in the loop? I liked in the loop. Mm. Yes, that was it. Was kind of sometimes you, you take a comedy program and mm. try and uh, extend it. extend it into mm. a film, mm. and it uh, it just kind of loses. Mm. Structure loses, yeah, yeah, loses what made mm-hmm. it interesting it's and kind funny. Of yeah, funny. Um, I, I also think there's actually a limit on how long you can laugh for. I think genuinely, a, you know, the, a film comedy has to give you pauses to recover. Yeah, and a sitcom is trying to hit you, hit you, hit you, hit you La- laugh as many hour. as many times as you can in, in in that half hour, that twenty five minutes. Yeah. yeah, and so and we talked about this when we talked about the Simpsons, didn't we? The Simpsons movie, but it's the same kind of thing. You've got this. This overarching something that you need to just relax, and then you can be a bit. Like, yeah. I mean, what Hitchcock would have referred to it as the dramatic W, I think, where you right. you start at a peak, but then you let people relax, then you build them up again. Then you, yeah. and it's yeah. kind of it's the same kind of thinking. And I think sometimes films based on sitcoms struggle with that general sense of structure, yeah. because they just need to constantly keep the laughs coming nothing wrong with that don't get me wrong we all like to be entertained find something amusing but uh, like you say I think uh, I think In The Loop is actually a very nice take on taking that idea and expanding it Mm -hmm. 
James Gandolfini in it, of course. Yeah. Which, again, <laughs> you just look at the cast and you just think, what? And, of course, some of that cast end up in Veep. In Veep. I say, oh, I've, 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 I've used you in this film. I thought you were quite good. Would you like to do my other show? So what do you think of Veep? Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Veep. Mm-hmm. Possibly one series too many, maybe. Yeah. I think the seventh one just it seemed to be maybe politics in the late... Era. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the post-Trump, or the, the Trump era. Yes. Is is it kind of beyond... That's what I had a problem with. I, I used satire. to like... I, I did used to like... I, I got two or three seasons of, of Veep, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. And for some reason I, I got gift, gifted another series and I put it on and because of what was happening in the real world I was struggling to find politics funny at that stage and I genuinely felt no it's not as funny as what's actually happening and it's not as terrifying you know you try you're trying to push your characters into extreme situations and then you go yeah but look what they just did (laughs) look what just went on on the news just before this show was on and it's and I I, I sort of I found it difficult to to come back yeah. to Veep after mm-hmm. that, but yeah, I mean one thing I should say about the the wonderful Julia Louis Dreyfus mm-hmm. is that uh, when we were talking earlier on about uh, people who have been in a series, oh yes, and become known as the character in the, that series, we were, and don't manage to go on to something else of similar mm. import, yes. She's done it in spades. She has, hasn't she? Yeah. Uh, because the fantastic Elaine Bennett mm. in Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Nine years of Seinfeld. And then, uh, She's not in the pilot, you know. Travesty. <laughs> Travesty. <laughs> but there's... Oh, um, the other day I was watching a, an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ah. I'm a great fan of. Mm-hmm. And the f- second series of that was between the end of Seinfeld right. and the beginning of Veep. Okay. And Larry David is pitching a TV series to both Jason Alexander yes. and uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus about someone who's been in a comedy series for a long time and then can't do anything else because all people want to see them do is the part that they became famous for. Ah. <laughs> and Julia I'm, sure, Dreyf- I'm sure we talked about that. <laughs> Julia Louis Dreyfus says, That sounds great. I would love to do that. And can we do it on HBO? Because <laughs> I want to be able to say the F word. <laughs> and of course, in the time since then, she has become incredibly famous to the yes. point now where, you know, if you say Julie Louis Dreyfus, then people would say, oh, Selena Myers. Mm. She's not Elaine anymore. No. Selena Myers. So yeah. she has managed to, with one magnificent leap, yes. cross the boundary from one. Yeah. Uh, Popular character to another, which is. I tell you probably. what, what 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 strikes me generally about political programming, political drama, political comedy as well, is that they do have some incredibly good roles for women. Yes, you know, I mean, the West Wing has great roles for women. Um, so you know, again, the Veep, you know, it's 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 one of those areas that for some reason, the high-profile, successful, prominent woman's role mm-hmm. is actually incredibly successfully done yeah and quite often in other in other genre yeah. you know other types of television it can it can be they, they may be set up as equals but they sometimes mm-hmm. there, there's very much this this inequality yeah and um yeah 
I just, again, I mean, lead role, fabulous. Yeah. And, of course, we should explain what Veep refers to. Uh, Vice President. Right, thank you. And, if, if, I mean, the seven series of that, and there were the same seven lead actors in mm. all the series, which wow. is quite impressive. You know, it they is. managed to reuse and recycle the, mm-hmm. uh, the characters, keep up coming up with new situations, so the story always progressed. Mm. Sort of evolved over the... F- yes. So it wasn't like the same series being made no. seven times, so she was being re-elected. Well, you need an arc each year, don't you? And yes. Of course, everything has to... I mean, again, sometimes the problem is that you've, you've got to try and top last year and top yeah. last year. And, and mm-hmm. they expect... I always think this with, with, with shows is sometimes... It's a bit like sequels in movies. People really want the same film again, please, but more. Yeah. You know? And, if, and the problem is if, if you you actually sort of do a, a review of that. You say, well, it's exactly the same as the first film. People go, oh, you know, I won't go and see mm-hmm. it. So they want, but they do want really, when they go to the cinema to see those things, they want to see the same thing. And yeah. in many ways, it's the same with television. It can develop, but it has to also feel the same. And people feel yeah. sort of cheated sometimes if they don't get the same show next year. No. So keeping the same cast, though, in place is, is, is actually... Yes. Incredible. I mean, some shows have actually benefited from new characters coming in. You know, yeah. it's, it's not. It's not that necessarily the same cast will no. always. Yeah, but I mean, if but if it works in year one, it'll work in year seven. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, jo- Jonah Ryan mm. in uh, in Veep, mm. great character. Mm-hmm. You know, never learns, mm. never gets any better, mm. but is put in more and more mm. bizarre situations. Mm. And oh, I'll throw you another name. Okay, I'll throw you another other one at you. Party Animals. Party Animals. Eight episodes, 2007. Patrick yeah. Ballardi, is it? Ballardi? Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Yeah. James and, and Matt Smith. Making his... Uh, debut. His debut. Yes. And uh, Andrew Buchan. Hmm. Andrea Risborough. Oh, Risborough. Risborough. Okay. Risborough. I've, right. only, I've only ever seen it written. I here, know, so. it's terrible, isn't it? It's, it's, sometimes you get this, you sort of look at stuff and you think, I don't know how to say that. I don't know. Yeah. So that's so that's interesting because we, we've, we've gone from uh, the era of uh, Mrs. Thatcher. Mm. I don't know. Are there any political things about the the major era? Well, apart from spitting image and his little grey thing and, about, yeah. and, and eating peas and being mm. grey. Oh dear. Yes. No. no. But and then Party Animals is very much in the, the Tony Blair mm. era. Yes. So I know what we have forgotten. Very British coup. Yes. But, but again, I've, but again, I've, that's that's kind of. That's still Thatcher, isn't it? I actually think. Yeah, it's it. eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah, the great Ray McAnally. Mm. And is there is there anything more bizarre in our current environment than having a steel worker from Sheffield becoming prime minister? <laughs> <laughs> what you didn't go to Eton? Yeah. You didn't go to Cambridge and oh, Harrow and oh, bitter, bitter man, <laughs> bitter man. Right. Of course, the other thing. Yes, I, I, one thing that that uh, does does creep in is because I've been talking about it in other places. Is our friends in the north? Yes, as, as, and of course, GBH, I suppose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but our friends in the north talking about sort of political, like that basically looks at the world for, over a thirty-year period yeah. again. But again, still ends, still mm-hmm. ends in the Thatcher era, really. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it is. Maybe, maybe you know, like I say, we were all exhausted after Thatcher went. You know, it's kind of yeah. It's like oh the, god, anything seemed better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the major era was just maybe a bit dull, a bit grey. You know. Well, of course, Cecil Parkinson 
was still around, wasn't no, he? he was, his, his, and the, his, and his, everybody his, kept getting sacked and resigning in, in the days when people got sacked and resigned, you know, or resigned, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in, in the major era. And, of course, everybody in the major era, it was all about Europe and keeping the factions yeah. at bay. And, of course, mm-hmm. people, people who are so inclined still blame major for um, various European things. Yeah. But funnily enough, like a lot of ex- premiers and ex-prime ministers, some of them turn out to actually talk a lot of sense in later life. Yeah. You know? um, not mm-hmm. necessarily John. I mean, you either think he talks nonsense or sense, but in the same way Jimmy Carter in America is is, yeah. is, 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 is now a very much, well, very much respected elder statesman. But, is, you know, is become, they become very respected elder statesmen and, uh, and yet others don't. I mean, I don't think anybody really res- looked to... Uh, Nixon <laughs> no. or, or Ford as sort of no. shining examples of, of experts. But, and even Cl- the Clinton era is a bit. Uh, the, politics gets tainted. I mean, no, no, no one's sort of going over to George Bush Jr. and saying, What do you reckon then, George? You know, I mean, the fact that, he, you know, yeah. having a thought in his head. Although obviously the Simpsons, I mean, I know again, we, I know we've touched on your Simpsons fandom. Oh, yes, indeed. But uh, the Simpsons seem to manage to prick the bubbles and pomposities of presidents over the years. Yes, you know, so. indeed. There's a whole list, I think, I think because we're, I think we're probably getting right. towards the end of our time. Yeah. So I'll, 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 th- I'll throw another one. We're oh, going to okay. go, go much further back in the past. Mm-hmm. How about vote, vote, vote for Nigel Barton? Nigel Barton. Well, again, there's a very good show on uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, about play for today, I know uh, vote 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 was early an earlier era, wasn't it, of the great one-off play? Yes. But uh, Dennis Potter. Yes. Uh, yeah. Class. Who had stood? Was for, it a true? It's just a well. There was original uh, stand-up for Nigel Barton, right? Which was about someone at school. Yes. Featuring scenes that appeared again in the Singing Detective. Okay. Or, Reckoned to be autobiographical, oh, and the same goes for vote, vote, vote for Nigel Barton. Okay, because Dirty Den, as mm-hmm. he was known, Aye, by uh, then. did did stand for Parliament okay. as a Labour candidate in right. the mm, right. What, what you know, I think right, is what right? What you know? Yeah, absolutely. So that was a kind of about people becoming uh, cynical about politics. Yeah, it would have been fascinating if Dennis Potter had ended up being minister for something or other, wouldn't it? Yeah. Home secretary or something. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis Potter was home secretary. There's a a thought to end on. Tell you what, though, um, I think we've, again, we've run out of time and I think we've got plenty more to say about politics. I think we may come back to this another week if you're you're willing and able. Because I, I can give you a list now. I mean, apart from all these incredible plays for today that turned up in that documentary, I was just astonished by things like United Kingdom and Country. Yeah. And country was repeated, wasn't it, a couple of weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Great, great, astonishing pieces of television that were there on the end, at the end of the week. Yeah. But also, I mean, if you if you just go through a huge long list, I'm going to have to edit this like crazy. Yeah. Ta- you know, Tanner eighty eight, Murphy Brown, Spin City, twenty four is, is according to this list of twenty one political <laughs> programs because it features a president in some episodes. I think right. I think twenty four made it, and the thick of it didn't. Don't ask right. me why. But the wire. I mean, there's a lot of politics. There's, there's, the a, whole, there's a whole series about uh, The Wire yeah. and uh, uh, Tommy Carchetti. Yeah. He was the mayor. Yeah. And is he called Clay Priest, is he called? Something like that. Yeah. 
I can't do it as well as no, him. No, no. That's a very bad, very bad impression. Well, well we do. Bad impressions is what we do. <laughs> but how about Bill Brand? Well, Bill Brand, yes, of course. Bill Brand. And, Fe- uh, featuring yes, go Jack Shepard. Jack Shepard. Sherry Lungy. Colin Jevons. Wow. Arthur Lowe. Arthur, there's a, ca- it's a cast, isn't it? Jeffrey Prower. Yeah. And bringing us back to round about where we started, Nigel Hawthorne. Nigel Hawthorne. Crikey O'Reilly. You see? They all so, start somewhere. Yeah. And I would also I would also like to give a brief brief nod before we finish to Borgen. Oh, bit a bit of Danish love, Danish love, drama, Danish political drama. Yeah, would it be a big sale on a Saturday night? <laughs> yeah. So Tootin it is. So I think we'll come back to politics another week because I'm sure this, as ever with politics, it keeps on going. I mean, I'll tell you what, the other thing we haven't talked about, but we keep thinking of these things. What, what did you think of party political broadcasts? Did you watch them? Have you ever yes. watched one? Yes. Did you sit down to watch them? Were you, did you make a choice to watch Do you ever watch the Sunday politics? Did you ever watch the yeah. daily politics? There's all real-world politics <laughs> on television as well that we haven't even <laughs> thought about yet. There's so much going on. Brilliant. Tell you what, Sandy, that's been fabulous. We will definitely, we'll definitely, uh, yeah. show what the, the, the listener will be going, oh, no, not again. But we will come back and do some more politics another week because there's, there's so much to look at. Great. Right. Okay. I think it's time to sign off. If either Sandy or I can feel that we can persuade the various factions into a working coalition and form a government, then at least one of us certainly hopes to be back here next time for a bright new future on another Vision on Sound. We hope you've enjoyed travelling along with us on the campaign trail. I'd like to thank Sandy for being here today. I'd like to thank everyone at uh, Fab International for helping out this week and hope to be with you again soon. Take care. Goodbye.